Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit Is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit Is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store. All right, we are back in the Detroit Is Different podcast studios. I'm with two of the young homies that have blossomed into grown men. So that means that I'm getting older by the day. Older by the day. Ah, what can I say? I, I remember when I met these guys. These are these are like two timers of Detroit is different. And, that, and I can only imagine what the third time on Detroit is different. We're going to bring in more of the clan. As, as I know now some of their clan. They have gone from visionaries coming up with ideas uh that i was sitting around and thinking to myself like what are they working on exactly <laughs> then i heard the story <laughs> and then i was like damn that sounds cool and not only did i think it sounds cool they now are distributing furniture worldwide to a lot of other people that think what they do is cool by buying it loving it supporting it you got alex and kyle of floyd legs Team Floyd is in the building. Detroit is different style. How are you gentlemen doing today? Oh, doing great. Thanks for that nice intro. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, really yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. We, probably, we probably met five five years ago. It's probably even further back than maybe, that. Maybe a little bit, yeah. And, and our first round on, on the podcast was two years ago? Three years it ago, was, It was a minute ago. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I'm just trying to plan our next one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it's, gonna, it's not going to take like three years again. <laughs> Because people don't know that both of these guys, uh, they work hard, uh, they plan very, very tough, um, and they built a heck of a synergy when I think about working with people, uh, coming up with an idea, and they're doing something that they love, and they're actually their own audience. Because I was thinking to myself, like, don't you want real furniture? Because I'm antiquated and I'm old. But they've actually turned me, and, and uh, I've, I've done iterations of the Floyd table many a times but every time i find a flat surface i want to change it up yeah i remember when you were really advocating for making a floyd stage yeah floyd and we were stage. saying you know that's maybe a little out of the scope of furniture yeah but you were you were pushing it really hard i think you were making a good case yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that we uh we, we didn't really have the legal backing at the time to ensure that nobody was going to fall off it but yes but yeah it was maybe now it's yeah it's not off it's definitely not off the table i'm yeah. always like, pitching them we're we're, we're keeping keeping the stage concept open. It's a, it's like a card it. to be kept. I, I like it. I like we it. I need to cut this part out. I'm always I'm always pitching Floyd. As I said, I need we need more refrigerator space. You guys should have been on that like the 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 uh, Coke can thing that you just slide all the cokes around. Even though people don't really drink Coke anymore, but you know what I mean. It, it's yeah. all types of stuff. But conceptually, <laughs> the business model is because people are not as married to where they live. Uh, but people do appreciate good things and being able to resize and do different things. Like you've given the oper the the option of having a small space, but still being able to appreciate having a table, having coat hangers, having a lot of the amenities, beds that people don't have. Uh, especially when you have smaller spaces or when you're gonna just up and move. You could be freelancing from city to city, get a new project, be in Portland. And then end up in Detroit, then end up in God knows where, where are people traveling to Paris or something. 
<laughs> and you can keep your same furniture. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. have to get uh, a storage unit in all these different cities and wonder like, okay, have I gotten bed bugs in my uh, in my couch because it's in some storage unit in San Antonio and I haven't been there in two years. Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. I think that those ideas around that anyone can make a great space that mm-hmm. it, you can have a super small space that you're just renting and you can still make it a place you actually want to come home to mm-hmm. and you want to come and relax. And I think you can create that a lot with having good, good things with furniture and, and not having things that are, you know, just more of a disposable kind of approach to furniture that Ikea is really kind of established in a lot of our minds that, you know, you just buy a table or a bed frame and you can throw it away yes. when it stops working in maybe a year and yeah. it starts to shake and, and break down. And so you that probably was a, didn't put it together the right way in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's true because it has so many parts and, you know, you got to use the Allen wrench and every all that good stuff. Yeah, so no. that was really at the yeah, core who of reads Floyd, directions you know? in the first damn place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you, you want to make it easy enough that you don't need the directions. Yeah, and I think to Alex's point, it's just like, um, you know, we were living that lifestyle of like buying furniture, moving, you move it, you throw it away, and it's just not a, it's not like a good living habit or pattern, and, and it's not quality product. So, mm-hmm. how do you make furniture that's, you know, easy enough to take apart that it still has the integrity when you put it back together, that's quality, versus, um, you know, just kind of throwing in the towel every time you move in and put in that like dresser or that bed frame out of the curb and it's just something else that ends up in a landfill and another thing great spirits because the first thing it's like you you don't think that like two guys that are like young early 20s are thinking about how do we make furniture better like you know they're thinking that you guys should have been out partying <laughs> turning up going to burning man playing Fortnite. But you guys are out here blueprinting designs on raising the quality of life for your fellow millennial. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we still you still have fun, but I mean, I think it's like yeah, we're I think we're like kind of trying to solve some problems and uh-huh. and yeah, I, I don't think it's just about millennials. I think it's like it's um it's kind of you know like this whole model of you know IKEA is the biggest furniture company in the world, and not just to kind of like rag on IKEA, but like it created this idea of how you buy furniture. And it was something that came like really to like a, a peak in like the nineties where you would go buy just furniture at a big box store, take it home and, and people were buying more and more things and, and throwing things away more. So it's, um, you know, living in this, excess, my friend, yeah, that's yeah. what they call it. And it created my a, generation. a culture of consumption. And, yes. and I think people yes. buy less things now. They, they want the things yes. they buy to have meaning to last, to so. be able to move. And I think we're, you know, tapping into that idea with the furniture and, and really trying to solve a problem um, that, you know, Ikea hasn't solved and other furniture yeah. companies haven't so thought you, about. So you look back at the excursion that I wanted to drive to my prom and think to yourself, that was a problem that man had in America. Yeah. I look back at that and say, man, I can't wait till that excursion comes back. I'm just missing. <laughs> <laughs> but along with that, like the, the sectional couches that took up like half the living room. And end up like ending up in the basement of like somebody's house and kind of like a dog bed. But at least that was kept. I think like yeah. you know like I don't know. I when I was you know moving, it would be like you you get something for your apartment now. You, mm-hmm. you get a you be in school, you get an internship, you'd have it for like eight months, and then you, you'd move and be like, oh, it's just easier to throw it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't need to necessarily be that way. Okay, now along with this, your business model is very. This is the Detroit of it too. 
you guys are like blue collar and thought about who you use to design and uh, after the designs, who you use to make your products. Mm -hmm. You all went old school and didn't go to like the, the traditional sense of like, how do I get to China (laughs) and get this made? You all actually stuck to the route of being here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, it made sense at the time too, just business wise. I think like, we wanted to test and get the product out there and see if people mm-hmm. liked it, see if there was a market for it. Um, and, and yeah, I think, um, I think for us it was like we could, we could build these products here, get the products to our customers quickly, and then adapt them if we need to improve on them. And that's been, um, that's been a big part of the model and our, like, our ability to grow is that we make the products here. We have really good relationships with our partners who are based in the U.S. And, and then we can like introduce new products quickly. They help us develop an R&D them. And then, um, and then, yeah, it's like if there's anything that our customers are looking for, want like in a change, we can we can do it quickly. And, and I think uh, I think people people value that, but also it's um, it's about us allowing us to be really nimble as we grow. And along with that, your friendship. When did it start? How did it happen? I know the first uh, Detroit is different interview. We didn't get into a lot of those details, but let's talk about that. Like, how did you all go from I don't know, guy talk to like oh, you ever thought about this design? <laughs> we got a good answer for that. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, Kyle and I had only known each other for about three months before, that, yeah. yeah, before we really kicked off the business. Mm-hmm. And um, which is, it's, you know, a lot of times people be like, yeah, you know, I was working with somebody at a past job, yeah, and you know, have that rapport, and so feel like you know w- we can go into business and do this. But um, yeah, it was really kind of like we found like we were good collaborators. And Kyle had, you know, an idea around the design that I've been working on, um, you know, which be- ultimately was like the first product that we launched, which was the we called it the Floyd leg. Um, and the idea was you could take any surface material and make a table out of it by clamping on the legs. And so it was like, how do you get this out in the world? How do we go about it? And launch through a Kickstarter was how we arrived at it. And so at that time we were saying, okay, what's kind of the minimum threshold in which this project continues to make sense um, in terms of how many units we sell. And so we set a goal of a hundred and that would be $18,000. And so we put it up on Kickstarter and it had a good first day, first good second day. And then um, a little bit after that, um, it just took off and ended up raising a quarter of a million dollars. And so at that point, you know, it was like, it was like, man, can I get my biggest gold chain possible? That's what you were thinking. <laughs> yeah. you know, that like, where's the Rolex store? <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know it's kind of figuring out like, all right, now we now we got to really like formalize this <laughs> and really have to you know because we didn't really ex- I mean we 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 were confident that it would succeed, mm-hmm. but to that extent you know it was really our wildest dreams to have that you know have that success out the gate and. Um, mm-hmm set off the adventure i don't know now, now say let's, that's how the story went? Let, let's talk a little <laughs> let's talk a little bit i do want to get into details like the first day you guys met how did it drift off like where did you guys meet when did you all meet and then when did it come like okay we're gonna partner for this yeah i mean i i think i remember the first day meeting it was um go to great lakes coffee it might have been great lakes but we were in the same like apartment building in corktown and uh up until this point like we both had moved here to work on this other project mm-hmm. um which was practice space as as uh 
you probably remember. Uh, that that's another thing. Shout out Donnie and all those dudes from Practice Space. Uh, it a, a lot of good energy there. Mm-hmm. Um, cool ideas. That's where we met first, and I was like, "Look at these dudes." And then when Donnie explained guys. it, because yeah, yeah, Donnie explained it. He was like, "Oh man, those guys over there, they got this idea and the Kickstarter." And I was like, "Let's see what this is." It turns <laughs> anything flat into a table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and, and so that's that's kind of where we we. Met. But I had heard about Alex, and um, yeah, I think we, I think we kind of briefly met in this like apartment building that we both lived in in, in Corktown. But yeah, it was um, it was you know it was kind of like, obviously we became you know great friends but um it was uh it was really early on you know it's like kind of more of like this kind of working relationship project-based partnership so i think um i think that allowed us to kind of start to build a rapport with each other and uh i think like to alex's point earlier it's it's not as much about like yeah always starting a business with your your best friend but like we became really good friends and um you know like we've been building a business together for for you know almost five years now and uh and i think um I think, yeah, it was also kind of started around that relationship. Okay. Now, as you talk about that, I remember those practice space days. I would come in really early. You all would be there working. Sometimes I'd come late. You all would be there working. And then I'd always pass by and joke with you all, talk about you all working. Like, you all were spending a lot of time early on because things got to scale faster than you thought. So can you just share a little bit about when you introduce an idea and things take off beyond the expectation how do you meet the demand of a product yeah uh and and then keep your sanity because you all were working hard as hell yeah i mean i'm not sure we kept our sanity but uh but i think for the most part like it uh you know it's yeah it was like a blessing a little bit of a curse at the same time to like for it to, to blow up overnight i mean we wanted um you know we wanted to you know, like you hear, I guess, like back to this idea of Kickstarter, you hear these stories of just ridiculous Kickstarters that people launch and they, they never fulfill them. And like what we wanted to do is like we were using a Kickstarter to really see if there was a larger market out there. Like was this just so a, it was like a beta. It was like yeah, beta testing. Yeah, I think it was like we, we, we kind of a, like we knew this was a pain point for us and we, we knew there was like kind of an opportunity there, but we didn't have the capital to, you know, go out and produce a ton of product. So we wanted to see if there was a market, you know, obviously it helps get capital up front we basically pre-sold the product um and and i think um you know we had plans spent a lot of time before the launch like really working and finding manufacturers that can make it selling them on the idea which wasn't necessarily easy at all mm-hmm. um we had to like it was a lot of cold calling manufacturers a lot of no's a lot of no's and then um and then finally getting some buy-in some from some people who were like kind of bought in on the on the vision mostly but we still you know like even like we were like yeah what if we blow up three times or four times what we were anticipating um you know what do we do well you know it ended up being i think like 14 times what we were anticipating so we had to like i mean that's why we spent so much time on it it was we had to hit the ground running on on figuring out how to manufacture it and then also like we we found that um you know we uh had about like 33 percent of our orders were international and and we had to just figure out how do you how do you ship things overseas? I was gonna say so I remember the the like I remember the steps and the progress because generally I can give advice on most businesses that people <laughs> talk about just on the strength of like I, I have some familiarity of it. But then you were like, yeah, so we got to figure out how to how to get these uh, units to China and where they can stand and ship. And I was like, I, 
Like, I don't know. Yeah, a, a Japanese address is really confusing. It's three digits, and they're lined up, and they have to be in the right order. And, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, that was a whole, like, crunch period learning process. And at, at the same time, we had, like, um, not thinking a ton about it. Uh, when we set up the Kickstarter, there was, like, an option to be, like, uh, do you want to ship the product internationally? And, and we're like, okay, maybe we'll get a couple orders out of Canada, just, like, open it up. Well, yeah, I mean, 33% of our orders, which ended up being, like, 350 or 400 orders were overseas between europe japan you know god uh, knows what Australia. was the most uh yeah what was the most like russia <laughs> it was Ain't really that tricky that Ain't one came that back putin may be <laughs> putin may have like one of the floyd <laughs> legs yeah you might be just sitting at a floyd table right now <laughs> yeah i know who <laughs> who knows thinking <laughs> i know thinking it's like it's like how do we can how do we get into american facebook better <laughs> 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 so so uh, as you were working this out, you also brought on like a hell of a team and and you built a culture around creating your team with people that work as hard as you all, but also like a very, I don't know, like almost like democratic or I, I can't even say it's a different type of feel that always is the energy of anything fluid. So was that intentional as you all were building out your team to uh, have the diversity in cultural background, uh, gender, uh, age, experience? Like, was that, you know? I mean, when, when we were just getting started, it was, um, you know, just like getting like that, you know, seeing if, you know, someone's got a fire in them, like they're ready to go. Like mm -hmm. they've they're they're really hungry for an opportunity to really prove themselves and to um push like what this concept can be mm -hmm. and so one, one of the first people that joined on was um lauren case and she was working in philadelphia and had gone to school in michigan and was visiting and we were just working out a pony ride and it was just kyle and i mm -hmm. and we were doing the pony ride holiday market and there we were just with like our one set of floyd legs <laughs> and I don't know. She seemed to be really excited about what we were doing, and it's and that's, it that's been, classic and, yeah, millennial. And, and it <laughs> it's it's, it's holi holiday markets where it's like people with like uh, assortments of like multiple products, and then overcomes the. It's almost like divine spirit. <laughs> You all have one product. One product. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're just sitting there on a table with one product. Right. Yeah. It's... Whereas people like wanting to buy food with kids and and, and all types of other stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, the beer bomb guy has yeah. like it's like beer bomb has become like a culture or something now. It's like this is the beer bomb shampoo. It's like, hey man, how did you figure this out? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then you guys are in the corner with one product, mm -hmm. and comes over somebody that's interested in the one thing you do yeah and and today you know lauren, lauren is still hustling with us almost four almost four years later mm -hmm. and um and a lot of people that joined on early on you know have just been have really grown themselves through through being part of floyd and i think like that's something that we're really proud of is like when people come to floyd you know they don't just see it as hey i'm just going to try out this opportunity and see mm -hmm. how it goes but they're really in it for the long haul and you know we try to create an environment where people can feel like they can really develop and they can really grow personally while being a part of a team that's going to work hard and is going to celebrate wins when you know like we're, we're just a, a team that's constantly kind of setting trying to set the bar higher for ourselves 
That makes sense. Now, as you talk about setting the bar higher for yourself, getting this team, like, it's is it just like mirroring people with cool attitudes? Because you've captured the idea of working with millennials, and it's like dreaded. Like they always talk about it, like it's a like it's a bad word or whatever. Where you actually get some of the most productivity I've ever seen comparable to any business. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a common misconception of a. Uh, a <laughs> like what a millennial is, and millennials. And I think, and I think, just like first of all, I mean, there's a good portion of our staff is actually not not millennial, but also, uh, I think, um, I, I think it's like people people want to hustle and be passionate about what they're working on, and maybe that is a trait of somebody in in our generation. But I, and I think that's a lot of generations, obviously. But um, I think what's you know like really for the people we hire and what fuels people is just like that that care that passion that that mission that we're after and everybody isn't as invested in as we are and i think that's when we interview people when we talk to people i think that's like one of the number one things we look for is there is there that that passion do people do people care about what we're talking about do they care about home do they care about uh, sustainability design consumption all these things and um and i think if that you know like if those are part of the the dna of what they're after then then they're going to come to the table work really hard and um, I, I think, um, and I think that, you know, like it, it may, maybe that is a millennial, I don't know, millennial trait, but I think like, yeah, people, I mean, just as much want to work, work hard and, and innovate and, and build new things. I mean, I worked at a, you know, like a, a corporation and, and I think that was, um, you know, a learning experience for me. It was very like traditional and in a lot of ways you learn kind of like what not to do, what are inefficiencies of a company. And, and I think a lot of them lived in this sort of like hierarchy of like how a company is, is, is always been built and people who were up top, you know, didn't necessarily work that hard. And, and there was just like all the way down the company bled this kind of idea of just, uh, I don't know, just sort of lack of passion for what, mm-hmm. what people were doing. And I think that's something we work really hard to avoid. And I think that, um, you know, part of the culture, but also part of that, like maybe what you were alluding to earlier, there's sort of like a, it's a very, you know, democratic workplace that aren't like yeah. corner offices. Mm-hmm. It's like it's everybody shares, sits at the same table, works on everything, you know, not works on everything together, but there's a lot of collaboration across mm-hmm. like verticals of the company and in the, in the initiatives we're tackling. So, uh, yeah, I think I've, it's just, yeah, just kind of a little bit different structure. Of the business, yeah. You know? I, I've seen, you know, like I've seen Alex step in and like get on Lauren's computer and then think about like, okay, let, let's try it this way. And it's just so, it's just a different type of culture, mm-hmm. you know, even for when you guys go out and get lunch together, like in, in that timing and in, in everything, mm-hmm. like the backgrounds, uh, it's it looks like what movies look to portray of what's happening with like a cool workspace. But it actually is a cool workspace. Yeah. But I also think it doesn't like we're not like, uh, you know, you hear a lot of myths of like Silicon or not myths, but probably real realities of like Silicon Valley companies like you know, having sushi delivered for lunch and like, just like extravagancies. And I think those don't, those don't That's exist. definitely not happening in no. Floyd. <laughs> no. I bought it's a, like... I bought a popcorn maker for you guys and it went into effect. <laughs> yes, we <had> popcorn. <laughs> and that's all we ate for a month. But no, I think like, I think it's like about being, uh, I think we're like, uh, I think we're like, you know, want to be efficient, want to build like a, a great place to work, but I don't think you need to win people over with ice sculptures and like kickball every three hours. But but like I've been like I've been coaching you all in Bogulin. Oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait till you get like the fire breathers to to do the welcoming. 
yeah, the day. welcoming for the for the for the new employee <laughs> orientation. <laughs> and then I forget what one of those things where it'll be like an animal. I forget what they call them. Like it'll be like a lion, and then it'll say determination. <laughs> what are those things called? I forget. Like, like, like a, a real life lion we could have in there. Yeah. You know what? Oh man, it may start. Yeah, you may you may have talked your way into a Simba, a a, a Simba stuffed animal as the next <laughs> gift. <laughs> so so it, it it's like a. It's also a feel dealing with uh, working with industries as you're creating new lifeblood and, and looking at looking at furniture and these belongings differently. You've given lifeblood to a lot of industries that in a lot of ways definitely looked at you from those first phone calls like, what are you guys talking about? So now yeah, you're giving them a substantial amount of business and they got to be seeing the game a whole lot differently. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I mean, I, I think like some people have been with us from the get go, though. I mean, I think like, uh, like I like was saying earlier, it's like all about you know building really good partnerships and relationships with, um, with those vendors and those people who are like manufacturing our product, and I, and I think they yeah they they really do, really do value it, and I think we really value it too because they'll help us in a lot of ways. Like I mean, we don't have, you know, capabilities in house to be like prototyping product, but we'll spend a lot of time on there their factory floor to work on, you know, like what are like some ways we can build this better, more efficiently. And, yeah. and I think like, we're not, we're not like, I don't think like a savior of any, manu- I mean, like, I think we probably employed people. Yes. But I think they also really like working on a new, like innovative products and projects. Like their team gets really excited mm-hmm. to work on our, our stuff because it's different. And, you know, we're else like we're otherwise they just might be, you know, like working on a new wheel well for a Volvo truck or something like that, you know? Yeah, it's it's so that's what I'm saying. Like you've given them a new like to diversify and enter a market that like welding and and the woodworking and then even the the product packaging that you all have is even cool. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. it's all it's all unique. And you're generally working with like the traditional blue collar Midwestern manufacturers. Mm -hmm. You're not working with like. Like I say, you're not, you're not overseas doing this. It's not mm-hmm. like a, it's not like you're sending the the graphs of uh, 3D printing to like some shop in India or something. <laughs> it's, it's like you know lunch pail working, type of workers. Yeah, I mean a lot of the factories we work with have been around three or four generations. I mean, date back to like the 20s or even earlier. So it's. Uh, I think yeah, we're not you know like the processes are like pretty tried and true and um, and there's a lot of innovation that goes on. I mean like we work with a, a manufacturer in Akron that you know like they've been their third generation. They mm-hmm. they do um, you know a lot of our, our you know some of our steel products and uh, and and they were like an early partner of ours. But you know not only you know they they you know innovate on how the products produce in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of processes are kind of you know maybe old school like a press break or something like that. But they also like have one of the largest 3D printers in the world and they're doing work for for like, you know, Boeing or Goodyear, etc. So I think mm-hmm. they've, you know, we you also look for companies that, you know, don't just kind of like uh, tie themselves to one industry and get sort of complacent and, and mm-hmm. just building that one part for the auto industry forever. But they've, they've had their own business, have diversified, innovative, and uh, are innovated and like brought, you know, what they can produce like into the you know 21st century and as we talk about the 21st century 
and bringing in different things. I looked up and I'm in the Floyd emailers. I generally love the way you guys do pictures even like through marketing. But you all opened up a space in Eastern Market. Indeed. Talk a little bit about that. That was it kind of came out of this feeling of you know just like we've just sold our product online since mm-hmm. the start and so that's the only place you can buy Floyd is mm-hmm. floydhome.com. And uh, those unless unless you like me and you have an exclusive text message to these gentlemen, and it's like, hey, that, that's, hey, hey, that's it'll the only take you much longer if you text us because <laughs> it, <laughs> it's usually three to four week lead time there. But uh, no, but yeah, it was kind of wanting to be able to just go and see the products in person and kind of also learn more about like what's Floyd about, like why did they get started, what's mm-hmm. why, how are they approaching design differently. Um, and so that was kind of an impetus of like having a storefront and just trying it out, you know, mm-hmm. not really setting the expectations of how much are we going to sell out of this or how many people are going to come by, but just like, you know, hope, hope people just like find interest and want to swing through and, and learn more about that. Um, and so we, we had moved into our offices, um, about earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify too, like it's our, our offices are like next to the showroom. It's all, all together in, in one building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was um, so it was about yeah earlier this year we we had moved our offices into Eastern Market, um, which we were super pumped about, and it's just it's so fascinating that there's all these old school food businesses that are like still operating out there. There's a group called um, Wolverine Foods that's does a couple billion dollars a year, mm-hmm. and they're headquartered and they operate out of Eastern Market, and that's like a huge business. They provide mm-hmm. most of the the meat products in the Midwest. And so they're cruising around with their lamb trucks and, you know, things are flying out and it's a place that's, you know, just like operating 24 mm-hmm. seven. And so it's kind of, it's, it's, it feels like electric. Like it's a really, it's a fun being in kind of a space that, yeah, you have like the Eastern market, you know, the, the, the food market there that's been running for, mm-hmm. I think it's like a hundred years. Um, a long my, time. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you got all that history and then, and then you still have all these food businesses, and it's just a really exciting spot. Yeah, what, if, what? Any, if anybody works for Wolverine Packaging who's listening to this, Alex has no proof there's been things flying out of your truck. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. No. So no, I'm a big fan. Big fan. So, Cook so your we'll, lamb regularly. <laughs> when we talk about that, <laughs> what what is it like? Uh, what has the experience been like just seeing customers engage in in having the showroom because you've done a lot of shows internationally where you set things up and people can just see but now that it's consistent what is that like from the retail space what have you learned about um the audience Mm -hmm. um and then also what have you learned about the buyer itself yeah yeah it's fun like we we get people coming through the space that are like oh man yeah back to your first kickstarter and like i'm just like huge Hilarious. fan and so it's cool to like connect with people mm-hmm. that have been following the brand for a long time and then you've got people that were like yeah my my friend just told me about the bed frame and so i bought the bed frame i never really thought much about furniture and i don't really even know much about floyd but i'm here to kind of like explore more and, hmm. and learn more so it's it's really cool to kind of get that that range of people yeah i mean traditionally like we would just you know like we get customer feedback online like it's like you know the brcx team or we'll, we'll survey people or you know you get feedback on instagram but um i think you know which i think is like kind of 
probably the reverse of how typical businesses work. But um, I think having like a physical showroom has been really interesting for us to see just how like people interact with the product in real life and touch it, feel it, test it. And, and it's something that you, we've done in also then like these pop-ups in, in other cities like San Francisco, New York, LA, where, you know, we, we kind of treat the space as a home and, and like really like to make it feel like we're bringing people into our home or a space that they can like really mm -hmm. look to for inspiration or understand, um, you know, what, what can make a really, really great space. So I think just, uh, the, the space there has been, you know, like uh, just a great opportunity for us and our like CX team to really like see what see what's piquing the interest of the, of the customer. And, and for my people listening, that's customer experience people. So the customer experience sort of like they say UX, the user experience is more so from like the online perspective, customer experience, like all these teams and 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 the the expansion of that as the buyer mm -hmm. and the consumer has become so empowered today. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I mean, a couple bad reviews can take a business out of business. Yeah, there, there's this kind of evolution where, you know, it was called for so long customer service. Mm -hmm. And it was this idea of just kind of answering complaints and and you were just gonna be there to, you know, take in that inbound kind of aspect. But for customer experience, it's like, how do you think holistically about it? And it's not just solving a one-to-one -one problem, but it's like, what do we have to do differently as a business so this mm -hmm. doesn't happen again? And so if product is getting damaged in one city, like maybe we need to be thinking about how we're fulfilling product there. And that takes a big move on the part of the company to all get aligned around that. Mm -hmm. And so like we encourage that advocacy within our team to say, yeah, you know, this is, I keep hearing this from customers and we got to solve this and take it seriously. Um, and so it's like that whole kind of feedback loop to now, keep it going now dealing with that feedback i know it's people like me that sit around and give you guys ideas all day like you should do this you should do that you should be the <laughs> spokesperson have you ever thought about you know so how, how do you how do you manage some of the more i don't know let's say um let's say um adventurous concepts with the things that like it's like you know what we may want to try that well, I mean, it's kind of like how we manage you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> keep telling you we're going to do a stage. Yes, see, see, you see no. that. But if the if the Floyd stage gets made, guess who has one first? Yeah, that's true. The, the one, the one and only. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. No, I I think there's um pyro. There's pyro. Think, pyro needed in that as well. I I think there's like a uh, kind of an idea of like we really like to see where the kind of the pain points are of what people want and. Um, I think those bubble up. I mean, I think people, there's all sorts of things, you know, people will ask you to make. And, and I think there are like, you know, a lot of like great ideas out there. And, and we, and we give people like, you know, input if, if we're going to pursue it or not. But I think, you know, when we start to see people like, you know, really push for something like a side table with their bed, like, it, you know, like we see a lot of that re repetitive nature around just, just like that one concept, then, then yeah, we pursue it. And I think we then prioritize it. And, um, for instance, like a bookshelf is something we're launching this year. Mm -hmm. Heard it here first. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you know what that means. What does that mean? It, we the, the, the Detroit is different studio. We'll need Ian on this. It'll probably be a liquor shelf here, but continue. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so get one here. And then, uh, so what, but, but like people have asked for that for a long time. Mm -hmm. That coupled with the fact that like, you know, Ikea's Billy Bookshelf is like one of the best-selling furniture products in history. Mm -hmm. It's not a very safe product, but like 
just yeah, knowing no, that there's like that. a market opportunity there, a pain point. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like we like to really like kind of draw from all those sort of data points of like the, what the people are looking, like what people are looking mm-hmm. for, our customers looking for, but also what are the um, sort of what are the realities of like the market and like what, what will fit. Now, now, as you talk about that and, and we're getting like in depth, this is real business talk. I love it. So like <laughs> chewing the fat in business, do you all think more like, it would make sense to um, like, how do you manage the relationships you already have to knowing that, damn, we're going to have to get into a whole new market with this. Like with the bed frame, it's, it, it's, it's in a whole different world. You, you're working with new materials. You're working with uh, new people. Like, is it one of those things where it's worth it if the demand is there? And yeah. we want to meet it, or is it one of those things where like let's continue to expand on the relationships and the and kind of like our 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 share of the market. Let's let's expand into that. I mean, I think like we're we're really see ourselves as a, a home company, and like any product in the home is is really like fair game in a lot of ways. Okay. And and like we want to, you know, like we're not here to develop seventeen types of bed frames or fifty types of tables. We want to mm-hmm. do one bed frame and do it really well, go really deep on it and, mm-hmm. and make sure that people who are buying it are confident that it's a product that Floyd will continue to sell, it'll look good for a long time and it's gonna be a really functional, great mm-hmm. piece that they can take with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think like we, we know we'll go into other verticals of the home and like whether it be a table, um, sofa, which is launching also soon. And you know, sh- that you know, we're gonna definitely have an offshoot discussion about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean like, that, that that's coming in September actually and mm-hmm. and uh, and so I think like we, we we know we want to hit these other products I think how we prioritize them um, we get some influence for that out of the customer feedback mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I think um, yeah you got to stay focused on your your what's driving the business your core products and mm-hmm. and that the bed frame is our best-selling product right now and and we continue to improve evolve like evolve that product make it better continue to tell that story but I think um, I think what we're after is really you know, like creating a great home and tackling the home home products. So mm-hmm. um, I think we'll continue to to evolve each each and ever every like our the way we produce products and all these other things so that we can we can do that. So in in this one, I'm gonna I'm shoot at your partner, Alex. So I want to get his take on this. So as as he's saying, evolve the home and where things go, and you talk about the synergy of bringing people together. Does it ever become one of those things where like sometimes in business, I think I'll be running into things and I'm overthinking and I have to walk away and then walk back to it. Like, have you ever found yourself just like walking through your parents' house and saying, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> like, maybe we need to, you know, like like when you're thinking new ideas on top of what has been suggested um, the other day. And this is why I'm asking you, you were walking in, <laughs> you were walking in your uh, your house with a chair and you said yeah we we had our um we had our staff just kind of look at this chair and 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 play around with it look at it see what what could happen from it that's we're just thinking about the design of it Mm -hmm. so yeah expand on that yeah i think there's i think you got to surround yourself when when you're working on a on a deep and a creative project like surround yourself with what you think is the best out there already and not not to weigh in, not the way of how do you maybe emulate that, but what what were those designers or say creatives or wherever you want to mm-hmm. approach it? What were they? What was their thought process, and why did it end up this way? And I think that's a great way to get kind of inspired. 
Mm-hmm. And so one designer that we really look to are actually is a couple, the Eames, Charles and Ray Eames, early Michigan designers were working much in the 1950s, 60s, and they really defined modern design in the U.S. and, and which rippled internationally. And a couple of things that they really thought about were how do you make things that's going to be widely accessible. So a chair that'll look great, you know, in a glass house in L.A. and also a school, mm-hmm. and it'll still work there. And so it's not about making it expensive. That's not what makes great design. It's something that just works really well. Mm-hmm. And they had an honesty in materials. You could see how it was made, how the connections came together, and you could understand, you know, how that came came to be. And so it's like we've got those chairs around in our office. And we love, you know, kind of looking back and just kind of being surrounded by those by those people that we stand whose shoulders we stand on. I know. And then like 80 years from now, it's going to be like somebody playing this interview like, see, these dudes <laughs> were saying. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, I think I think a lot of, you know, there was there was a, a French designer, um, Prouvé who did a lot of furniture, a lot of buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and he designed a chair, you know, probably 80 years ago. That was simple parts, didn't really require tools, came together, um, could come apart. And so it's like there were ideas around furniture that was a kit of parts, mm-hmm. per se, long, 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 long before Floyd. Um, but I I think, like, you know, we, we've done things in a different way, and we didn't necessarily come to that idea because we said, oh, hey, Prouvé designed a chair, 80 years ago but it's just kind of interesting as you go along and you kind of come across some of these precedents to say hey you know Mm -hmm. somebody was kind of solving for some problem in their time it's a different than ours but um it is cool to kind of be immersed in that history okay we talked a lot of business now i got to talk about just the balance of like you guys are growing up man it's like this guy got married i remember i told him he was like yeah you know my girlfriend's gonna spend some time i'm like you're gonna get married (laughs) and he he didn't believe me I didn't believe you. I mean, it's the obvious next no, step in the no, process. No, I said, man, I said, it's going to go down ASAP. I was like, settle down. Grow up, man. <laughs> I was like, grow up, man. You got to You got You got to buckle. <laughs> so you guys are growing up. Grown old homies such as myself and Freddie are getting out the way. The feel coolies of the world where we're, I don't know what we're doing. Right. So now, as you all are making you're doing, your way... You're doing your own bourbon is what you're doing. Yes. I, I, okay, we, we will definitely discuss this. We will discuss the, the, the Kari Frazier butcher's cut. We will discuss Commercial that. Commercial break. Yes. Uh, but what what has it been like uh, over these five years? Because these have been a pivotal five years in business, also in life for both of you guys. So what has it been like um, managing business and life at the same time? as i believe for most entrepreneurs even myself that's where it can it it can have its uh i don't know if i want to use difficulties but let's say it can be challenging at times i don't know who wants to shoot first but <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i think uh I, I mean it's this it's this you a balance and i think like i think it's your own the context of your own life in your own business your own relationships i think like it's there's not like a i think um i mean i feel like people yeah say it's a balance a lot but i think you just have to really be able to evaluate evaluate your own situation and know like are you 
Are you giving enough time to your significant other? Are you, you know, present in all these other moments and things in your life? And and I think that's what matters. And I and I think it's um there's not like I I think a one you know size fits all answer for this, but I do think um I think you have to take time to really to really evaluate that personally. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you can spend I I mean like you were saying earlier that we spent you saw us like kind of grinding all the time, but I think. I think we did have a balance. I mean, at that time, my wife now did not live in Detroit, so we had a long-distance mm-hmm. relationship, which made it maybe a little easier to always be grinding because, you know, she wasn't here. But but I think um, I think for the most part, like, there's only so much you can get done in a day. And I think what really matters is being efficient with your time, prioritizing, um, you know, knocking things out as you need to. And then I think you'll know when you're sort of, there's this point of, like, diminishing returns on your time investment and and I think yeah you gotta like be like okay this is what I'm gonna cut off and I'm gonna like go enjoy other things that are important to me so I can can be refreshed and I and I can you know make sure I'm having great relationships so sorry that was a long answer but I think no no I appreciate everything you said and kind of as you said diminishing returns like I look at it I have kind of like three levels of productivity and it's a sweet spot with I think like that highest level of productivity I have where I'm most creative I can really get in there I can really think through problem solving a lot of things mm-hmm. I mean sometimes I can just you know you know just read an email and not even necessarily respond to it like that's one level of productivity uh-huh. which is like it's very low but it's just like okay alright but I'm not even <laughs> like my presence of mind and then sometimes you read one of those emails it's like okay I'm gonna need full presence of mind for this like I, I kind of segment off mm-hmm the flow of it Mm -hmm. all uh to know what i can do and as a creative i do think that it takes those it takes the life moments to come back and be more creative yeah certainly yeah yeah and i think i think you have to be like we schedule our work lives to a t Mm -hmm. we we budget out every part of the day and we think through it and if we don't necessarily try to bring some structure then to our own personal lives you know that'll kind of get lost so like for Kyle and I like it's kind of off limits from Friday to mm-hmm. you know Sunday afternoon is like I'm not hearing from him he's not really hearing from me unless mm-hmm. we're hanging out yeah unless we're hanging out <laughs> and that's <laughs> but, that's a, or, that's different too like working with somebody that you hang out with because like on Thursday it could be like a big challenge at work and then you to push away and still like be cool with each other without bringing up like, damn, you know, mm-hmm. we got to get like all this shit to Japan tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, on Monday. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, what's, you know, it's fun because um, Kyle and I will, I mean, we travel all the time and like this past week we went to New York and the week before we had a trip to New York um, and, you know, we're, you know, there might be only a couple meetings there, only like two hours and so then most of it's traveling and hanging out mm-hmm. and it's awesome because we'll, you know, we'll go to a restaurant and and catch up on things life and usually it turns into you know big like big dreams and talking you know Mm -hmm. big ideas but like that's like we both love Mm -hmm. that and we both like love kind of getting into that him dragging you to like kari said you better come to this uh this podcast and be ready to have some (laughs) bourbon i feel you i feel you that's what i'm talking about kyle salute see he's out he's out this gentleman needs to catch up let's look at yeah all right so in, in balancing that flow and then coming together the dreams of the team too because now 
that's the other thing it, it's people depending upon what you all do did, do you ever feel the pressure of that like damn we got a team like these are like grown ass people with families like you know what I'm saying this mm-hmm. shit needs to go right <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I can't yeah. <laughs> you know I can't it need, the ship needs to stay afloat yeah. and, and the do you feel the pressure and then furthermore if you do feel the pressure how do you uh deal with that man i I, well yeah i I would say um yeah i mean you feel the pressure for sure and uh and i think what you can i mean the best thing you can be doing as a team is like continuing to be passionate and inspired about like the business you're building and uh and i would say like that's i mean i think you can't spend your time saying like how are we keeping this afloat you got to mm-hmm. spend your time trying to build build that thing that you want to be building. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has skin in the game, that's for sure. And uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, I think there is, you know, there are those pressures. But um, if you think about those pressures too much, it can be debilitating for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I think early on with Floyd, I definitely had this idea. And I think Kyle probably had this idea as well that, when, when you start to see if things aren't going the way you want to, that you personally need to intervene and you personally need to now pull a couple all-nighters, well, not all-nighters, but, you know, you, you personally need to pour yourself into that. Mm-hmm. And I think as as things have grown and as I think we both matured around this, it's, um, and getting a new perspective is like, no, you got to have a team work smarter together. And that doesn't mean that I personally need to mm-hmm. invest into that. I just need to get people more aligned. And so as long as we're all aligned around expectations and as long as we're all working well as a team, I think that helps relieve some pressure because it's a whole team effort in that way. Okay. Um, and so I think that's been just been a shift of mindset for me personally. Now, now with that, that's like the Magic Johnson style of basketball, right? Versus the Jordan style of basketball. Mm-hmm. How is is you know I'm I'm so ant- I'm Jordan style of basketball a lot, <laughs> but I'm looking to, to implement more magic models. Is is this more people coming around in Detroit? Is different circles. Mm-hmm. So how do you have a comfort of 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 providing a person uh, opportunity that's real, seeing them possibly like sometimes in learning the lessons. Some of the, like, I don't want to say failure, but not not reaching the objective has to happen because that's a learning lesson itself. When you could easily step in like Jordan, like, man, just give me the ball. I can drop 50. on it. Mm-hmm. Like, how have you managed that that balance? Yeah, I think there's. I think like the way in which people get really invested and really excited is when they're not. It's not like, hey, like we got to get X, Y and Z done. Um, let's get to work kind of thing but it's more how do you what what do you think we should be doing here and be really open to that feedback mm-hmm. and then okay how do you think we can get there and what are your expectations of how that outcome is going to go mm-hmm. and that person sets that and, and then it's really up to them and I think that's a lot more empowering than sort of getting just orders around around things and even even if you feel like it may be a more effective way to get to that destination you're you're willing to like sometimes be like all right let's try i mean definitely you know there's there's definitely things that i still say okay i'm I'm gonna still try to do this and i Mm -hmm. and i try to hold myself back you know from from doing that more but um i think that is like an element to say like hey even though in the short term 
my own investment might be able to move this forward quicker but mm-hmm. overall that's not sustainable and that's not going to be good long term and so maybe stepping back and having that trust is going to be better for the long term do you think that your partnership and friendship helps where you kind of can be a balance for both to make sure that happens as another team that i need to interview just as we're talking and everything is actually a couple couple of the detroit dental team you know and they and everything they've done and how they've grown it's it's like man you know what i'm saying i look up and see eric and brenna like it was like a good synergy of a lot of those pony ride people it was like something going on at pony ride <laughs> it's the water yeah exactly the the water feel is the feel was yeah, incepting the, the, uh the cloudy water for a little while <laughs> incepted creativity into us shout out phil and katie what's shout up shout out so um so you know like do you think that that balance kind of comes to like hey just let's try this I lost track of the question there a little bit. But. Meaning like <laughs> meaning like as as he can go Magic Johnson style or Jordan style, do you uh, step in and say like, all right, let's have a team do this. Even though we could probably expedite the process right now today, it's worth it's worth this investment to get uh I, to, to have our team grow in this. No, I mean I think like it's all about I think you gotta hire a good team. I think that's part of the the thing too, is like um I I think we're you know like to Alex's point, there's, um, you know, you let people set their own goals. I think people, you want to get buy-in and consensus around the decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't think it means you're, like, letting somebody, like, it's there's never, like, a situation where somebody's coming to the table and just, like, proposing a terrible idea. And everybody's like, okay, yeah, let, like, like, let's let them go and learn that this is a bad idea. But I think, like, it's, um you know, like, we're collaborating. We're collaborating across, like, these different disciplines. And... And I think there's a vision that needs to exist. There needs to be a roadmap in a lot of ways for people to follow. Um, and I think it's, you know, and that's just like kind of like having some like guiding principles mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways that keep people like in, in on track and us on track. Uh, but I, 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 so I think there's like people working within those constraints, um, I think can get there way more efficiently than us trying to do it or us always saying this is how it should be done. Um, I think you have to trust and empower other people to do that. And I think, um, and I think that's like a big learning experience. Like as we went from like, you know, two people to five people to now we're like 16 people. And, uh, and I think like when we, when we continue to, to grow, it's, um, it's continuing to have those like sort of, you know, that North star and those guiding principles that, that people are looking to and working towards and, uh, and how they get there is, yeah, maybe a lot more up to them. Okay. All right. And we're coming into a close. So I just want to play some classic games with you all. I generally have to trade as different classic questions, but now I want to go a whole different. I want to zig on this one. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So <clears throat> with this, before we get into, we know, we know the bookshelf is coming. The couch is coming. It's a sofa. The sofa. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, the hot tub is coming. The hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody needs a hot tub. Yeah, I mean, what piece of furniture? What what home? What's that? What home is 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 not complete without that hot point. tub? I was surprised we didn't do this interview in a hot tub. Yes. Yeah. Next time, as as the only time I've ever podcasted in a bed with a man, it was with you. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. We had uh, Kari do an interview in a bed. Yes, it was. It was the it, the Floyd podcast never never launched. You all didn't believe in that product. That was a great interview. Yeah, 
it's it's uh, it's in the archives. Yeah, it's in the archives. God yeah, knows. Find it. We'll bring it back to the top. Yes, yes. But uh, uh, let let's go through our history and let's talk a little bit about it. I know you guys are buffs in the in the world of furniture and everything, but let's talk a little bit about some uh, some some layouts and, and what would you do um, in these different spaces and places uh, if you all were to add into the mix of like um like some of those old school victorian mansions or something like that how, how would you all lay that out if you all did like a a showcase of floyd stuff there what, what would you all do i think it's all about the the contrast you gotta like you can't just play into the victory it's like you gotta own you want some 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 modern pieces in in your old victorian home you know you uh-huh. gotta get some good 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 pieces that are like not of era and uh-huh. i think yeah you, you you know like a couple good floyd pieces would go perfect in there yeah and usually sometimes victorian houses can have like so much going on mm-hmm. and so like how can you kind of make the space feel a little less like loud mm-hmm. and so maybe you just paint it all the same color and so even like your 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 doors and everything like so it just like is more of a clean palette to then okay. get some good furniture and then a so. hot tub Hot tub. It. All right, I'm with Zag right now. All right, so go. if you all were uh, down to like your last, I don't know, like college student, you got 400 bucks, you got to go thrift store shopping to go get some furniture. What are you getting from a thrift store? What type of bang for your buck are you expecting? Oh, man. Okay, well, I think something that you got to get is so you're, you're just getting out of school. And yep. you're, yeah, and so. A lot of the, like places that you're renting, you know, probably the light's not very good. Like the lighting isn't good. And mm-hmm. I think that's super important for like, just like your mental state is having a good light. So mm-hmm. I would say get a good light, mm-hmm. like whether it's a lamp or a reading light or something, just, you know, nice, nice warm light. That, okay. That'd be, that'd be my pick. Okay. So you get one of those crank lights that you can crank up and get different, yeah. different <laughs> dimming settings. <laughs> the crank light. And, 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 and now you... <laughs> Yeah, so at that point, you only have a lamp. You don't have a bed frame or a table or any essentials, but at least you got the lamp. Okay, okay. I mean, I can't tell you how many years I slept with a mattress that just sat on the floor. Mm. It was... Uh, Bachelor style, that's what yeah, we call that. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of disgusting. It's like your sheets hit the floor. You're like, it's in, it's just not a not a good look. Bachelor style. When you show somebody your bedroom. See, that's that was true love. That was yeah, true love. Yeah, so I, I think about. a bed frame is, is key. It's critical. Okay. You can find a good bed frame at FloydHome.com. Okay. See, there we go. There, there we go. There we go. You, well, I get it at a thrift store. All right. All right. And I guess the last thing, um, I guess if you were to gift, if you were to gift somebody, and I'm sure you guys will probably say your product, but gifting somebody, a couple that just got married, you want to do something really nice. They, they got a new home. What you give them, and give give me a couple product products. Just got hmm. Cardi's cut bourbon. Okay, I'm with that. <laughs> I'm with that. Every house needs a good. Well, a good do you burn. remember what I got? What I got you guys when you got married? <laughs> Alex gave me a a a, bon, uh, a bonsai tree. Oh and didn't man! Didn't explain to me at all how to take care of it. He uh, just handed me the bonsai tree. You obviously have not tree. watched Karate Kid enough. <laughs> I know how to wash a car. It's cultivating, cultivating <laughs> it's, the tree. You obviously do not, do not study Miyagi. <laughs> yeah. 
So I still stand by that pick. Okay. Good bonsai tree. Okay. Yeah. Maybe give some advice. Some uh, pamphlet, though, ahead of time, how to take care of yeah. one. Oh, they can be, okay. be tough. Alex's answer was, just Google it. <laughs> yeah, see? 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 How Look millennial. How millennial. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just about to say. You don't want to say it, though. You, you, t- you can <laughs> you YouTube it. it. <laughs> I, I, I crank up a level. YouTube it. You, sh- you should follow uh, the, the, the web series, Bonsai and Me. I'm just messing with you. I don't even know. It's, that probably is a web series. Yeah, that probably is. <laughs> It's um, probably got like million subscribers. So you're giving somebody a piece of furniture, mm-hmm. or are you giving them just whatever? It could be whatever. I mean, I I think cooking things are like I mean as lame as that is of like people getting married always register for cooking things like you, I've you got realize, this really remember, great pot that like I cook everything in. Re- remember when I and see this is how you all ended up with a popcorn maker because you got married. I was like, man, I need to get you guys a real good toaster because <laughs> I've had a shitty toaster my whole life as an adult, and then I finally bought a good toaster and I was like, damn game changer yeah oh talk about it talk about it i didn't even realize the type of stuff you can make in a good toaster and then you were like i don't want a toaster i was like see i was like popcorn maker for the team then yeah we're popping corn yeah i gotta step up game on you guys popcorn maker we gotta get the the real popcorn maker for you guys got you can feed the, the general public now yes Yes. You guys gonna get the? I'm gonna make the the. You know, I don't even know what it is. Like the carnival popcorn maker. We gonna do that. We, we gonna do that. Cotton candy Cotton sponsored candy. by Detroit is different. But, yeah, we'll put a sign up. <laughs> it just just oh, a whole a whole uh, a slew of it. Slew of cotton candy. All right. That's what I'm talking about. It was a great interview. Having you guys back. Uh, tell them how to find out about this. Even though I'm gonna have the website under it, but. I, if they want to find out more about Floyd, how, how, what do they do? It's floydhome.com. And I, you know, would love if, you know, you, people, whoever just come by our, mm-hmm. our, our shop, our HQ in, uh, in Eastern Market. It's 1948 Division Street, mm-hmm. straight by the Dequinder Cut. It's, it's a great mm-hmm. spot. And, um, yeah, stop by, say hi, come check out what Floyd's about. Yeah, we are in beta right now of a combination as they're talking about my uh, my bourbon from this, the distillery, which is basically down the street from them. Mm-hmm. And they came in saying, like, you always going down the street. And I was like, look, man, when I'm out and I'm about, it's night. But guess what? They, they've just spoken to existence. They don't even know. <laughs> and we'll talk to the people at the distillery. We're going to do some type of combined synergy between the distillery and Floyd. We're going to yes. put it together. We're going to yes. make it happen. Make it happen. It's been awesome. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Kari. Peace, peace. Detroit is Different is where you get information, <laughs> artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.